Yep, we talk sex. With Sex with Sue's Sue McGarvey, there she is. Hey, Sue. Hey, baby, how are you? I'm good, and I'm John Milky, the milkman, heard on more than 40 radio stations across North America. Uh, today, Sue, lots of great conversations, including new sex trends for the brand new year. Can't believe we're into November already, so yes, we can talk the new year. It's literally just days away. Um, how open relationships differ and some new research about infidelity, which is apparently more common than you would think. How do you know when it's time to spice things up? We're going to get into that. There's a new type of kink, Sue. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had me at hello there. Random and strange sex facts. I love when you bring those to the show and you have a listener question about herpes. If you've got a question for Sue, Sue at sexwithsue.com. We're online at turnedonpodcast.com. Welcome to another edition of Turned On with Sue and John. All right, Sue McGarvey, first up, let's dive into these new sex trends for the brand new year, 2024, just around the corner. Well, and it's so hard to find them. You know, I, I looked at, you know, I, I don't know, I've got countless articles every day that come in going how to spice it up. And I'm telling you, if I hear another one about try toys, change your position, and I'm like, ah, oh, we've all done that. Come on, we are we are cosmopolitan sex fanatics over here, and we want new, interesting things and what's coming up. So I've done a ton of research and have come up with, you know, new sex. There's there's a there's a, a big workshop happening in New York City, and I'm seriously contemplating. I'm going down to Secrets to the non-monogamy. Um, class that they have in middle of November. And I'm seriously thinking about going to New York City to this popular sex class workshop. They have one on fire breathing for sex, wax play for sex. Wax play is so awesome. I know. The future of fetish for sex, right? This should be like like little, uh, you know, like Chinese fortunes, right? Go-go and burlesque, erotic tarot and uh, poetry. Shibari, which is actually a Japanese word that basically mean translates literally into tying up. Yep. So it's about rope play. And it's sort of talking about what's new. So I, I was researching sort of 2024 sex trends, and here they are. Anal masturbation. I don't know about you, but it's not a thing that I would masturbate with, but there's lots of people. I know I had a guy not that long ago came to see me clinically who... Um, he says he buys tampons and puts them in rectally just whenever his wife has got her period in order to be and because he finds it stimulating. I'm like, OK. All right. And he said that playing with that, that's that's part of it. More about spiritual sex, which we've been talking about. We did some tantra stuff, sensory deprivation and temperature play, which is going to be big in the new year. You heard it here first as the as you know, we get snow on the ground. Temperature play is going to be a thing. Upgraded missionary. And we're going to get into that. If you go and I'm going to do an article about that, go to sexwithsue.com and I'll link to turned on the podcast.com about upgraded missionary and how you, how you do that. I'm just trying so to visualize new, how you would even upgrade that. It's, it's been around for years and it's been the same forever. So, well, you can do what's called the coital alignment technique, which is basically missionary, but then the guy moves way up. So you're looking at him at his sternum. And then he just puts the tip in right at the top because it's closest to the clitoris. And then he rocks back and forth. Okay. It's called the cat or the coital alignment technique, right. which is up that um, sex for disabled people. There hasn't been a lot of open discussion around sexual development and pleasures for disabled clients. Well, that's about to change. Cool. And there's some stuff. And the last one, masturbation as pain relief and how in combination with THC is going to be the next new painkiller. So I'm all in. Get your toys. 
So all the new stuff about what's coming up in 2024, stay here because we're going to keep you posted and you are going to be the person in the, with the most amount of information as you head into the new year. TurnedOnPodcast.com is our website. We'll link you to all of our podcast platforms. Spotify is a great place to interact with the show. We even put survey questions there that you can answer for us. All right, Sue, open relationships. Now we're in my wheelhouse. How open relationships differ and some new research about how infidelity is actually way more common than people think. I was at a stand-up show last night and three different comedians talked about being an ethical non-monogamous relationships. This is very, very, very common. It really is. So they did a a couple of different different universities have done research as well as AshleyMadison.com and their new research saying, and it's all out in 2023, that says that infidelity is committed in relationships and it's very common. It suggests that not everyone who cheats is dissatisfied with their primary relationship. And they had a machine learning algorithm that could only somewhat predict based on a various factors, whether or not you would cheat. But it turns out that 15% of women and 27% of men had penile vaginal intercourse outside of their primary relationship. And another 35% of both men and women received intimate, emotional, and touch support from someone other than their partner. 33%. So you're talking about... Big numbers here. So way, way, way more common in terms of touch. Basically, this is cuddling at the office. This may be touching bums. This may be, you know, a little bit in the in the broom closet, but no actual penetration. So that's right. what they're saying about infidelity. And how do you know if, in terms of, of whether or not you're ready for an open relationship or not? You know, again, you never, there's no one size fits all. But the couples who had a debate that they're, that they're having a better job with their open relationship there was a 2021 poll of 23,000 Americans that discovered 25% of Americans would be interested in pursuing an open relationship. That is the first, that is the most recent, and is the first time I've heard that kind of number, 25%. So all of the stuff you're hearing about non-monogamy is, is done, and it's basically that couples are open to relationships that open only, you know, that, that make things better because you want more, you want different you want open relationships that are done outside sexual experiences, done separately, done together, polyamory, in which each partner is open to intimate relationships and, you know, and love and a thruple about bringing another person into the relationship or something called the polycule, which is where you have your partner has a partner and their partner has a partner and maybe you do them all and it becomes one complicated little Rubik's cube of love. I was going to say, this is math they don't teach you in school. This is math they don't teach in school, but it's coming and you're going to be seeing about it in more media and more more trends. Here we are talking about trends and the latest research that non-monogamy. I'm actually doing a big non-monogamy talk this week. Um, I have a, a, a sort of a workshop on it and I'm starting to do webinars around non-monogamy because I've had so many questions from new swingers and I'm trying not to have my clients and people that are in my sphere go, don't blow it up. Let's get some basic information. Let's talk about contracts. Let's talk about safe words. And I'm doing them with regular, regular um, webinars. So find out more, check us out, send us a note and let's include you in those conversations. Sue, how do you explain this sudden shift, this increase in numbers? 25% is not insignificant. It's really not. Now, you know, this is one study 
and you you want to you, you want to have you know, sort of some skepticism. But what I saw, you know, when I started on radio, I remember people saying, "Sex, oh my god, I don't know how she has an orgasm, or is she going to orgasm right. from just touching her breasts?" Or and to immediate, you know, within three years, getting questions about anal sex, getting questions like it really it, it really goes quickly in terms of shifts. And people are starting to ask questions and, and porn where it was where most people got their sex information. Yes, you had those, but those are sort of one offs as opposed to sort of single people having sex with a bunch of people. Not necessarily, you know, common in terms of depicting non-monogamous relationships, but I every week I get new notifications that there is a new non-monogamy documentary or show or some piece. We're doing the Pervy Book Club this Sunday and all anybody when I polled and there's I've got, you know, what 500 people in my Pervy Book Club list and I polled them and they all wanted a little bit of kink and a lot of multiple partners in a polyamorous relationships. That's what they wanted to read about. So we're doing something called pucking around this weekend. <laughs> so you can still have time to join in Sunday night's call. It's free. And it's pucking around as a good Canadian girl. And uh, yeah, so this, this, uh, this, this, uh, the sports team doctor is doing her goalie, her defenseman and the equipment manager all together. And they're all living in the same house. That's the story. So pucking around. And, and again, every time I turn around, it's coming up. So if you're feeling like it's coming up, boy, am I ever feeling like it's coming up in everything that I do every day because it's not going away. Like I said, three comedians out of the seven that did stand up all referred to some sort of polyamorous situation that they were in. It's Turned On with Sue and John. TurnedOnPodcast.com Guys, let's talk girth enhancement and penis enlargement. Introducing Fallowfill the non-surgical penile treatment. My name is William Moore, and I developed the Phyllophil Male Enhancement Procedure, and I have pioneered the use of hyaluronic acid dermal fillers for penile growth enhancement. Phyllophil is the first non-surgical procedure to be recognized by the American Urological Association and the North America Sexual Medicine Society. Our procedure is safe, 100% reversible, and offers a true, undetectable, reliable, aesthetically pleasing result. Phyllophil has treatment locations across the continent USA and in Montreal. We increase girth in both the flaccid and the erect state, which will help you show better and perform better. The procedure is performed in office under local anesthesia and is about 20 minutes. Read more online at fallowfill.com. That's P-H-A-L-L-O-F-I-L-L.com. If you are suffering from social and psychological effects of having the perception of a small penis, we are here to help you. Tell them you heard this ad on Turned On with Sue and John and receive a free counseling session with Sue McGarvey on what to expect and how to improve your performance with a new, thicker, larger penis. Fallowfill, the non-surgical penile treatment. Fallowfill.com Want to welcome some new sponsors to the show. That's exciting. It's turned on with Sue and John. All right, sex therapist extraordinaire Sue McGarvey. Next up on the list, how do you know when it's time to spice things up? Well, I think everybody should spice things up every week, right? You spend more time planning your holiday than you do your relationship. However, here are some criteria. If it's, you know, if things, if sex has become pretty meh, meh, right? The complete absence of any and all sexual exchanges. You know, when you stop patting each other's bums or pinching or, you know, flashing boobs, like, yeah, what's going on there? 
and increasing disinterest in sexual intimacy from both parties and lengthening intervals between sexual encounters. Yeah, I see that in my office all the time. Post-sex, there is a sense of dissatisfaction, lack of spontaneity, right? Same time, same place, same. Somebody says, if, you know, if it's doing the same thing in the same bedroom, ah, not interested. Not, and you get intimate, there's an emotion, emotional distance, no eye contact, no shared laughter, no novelty. You're not fully present during intimacy. Your thoughts keep straying towards daily chores or future plans. You're having erotic fantasies about someone other than your partner. Well, that is perfectly normal, but if it is the only thing you're doing and you're not thinking about your partner. I had a client recently who said the reason Sue, the guys take Viagra is they can't get it up for their wives anymore. And I'm like, Ooh, let's talk about your relationship. Ouch. Mm. Right. Yeah. A decline in relationship satisfaction accompanied by no noticeable emotional distance. Sex happens not out of an active desire, but an obligation to keep up the facade of normalcy and frequently reminiscing over past sexual encounters, longing to repeat the experience. All of those should say, okay, everybody, let's sit down and have a conversation. Here's a list of five or 10 new things that you might want to try. Pick one. I have a lot of couples that'll call me going, Sue, we just need to tune up. Kids have gotten in the way. We're so busy. We need to tune up because the sex has become increasingly frequent or we're fighting about sex. Those are all things that go, eh, it's time to add some peace and spice it up because sex doesn't happen in isolation. And what it is, is even though it's the second most powerful drive, it is surprisingly elusive. It can be that desire can be surprisingly elusive. Even if you love your partner, even if you still find them sexually attractive, libido can be affected by so many things so can desire so can and and the closer you are as a couple you know there was that whole book mating in captivity esther perel you know made it famous talking about how fire needs air and if you have if you don't have space between you if you are you know so tight and doing all the things together sex feels like you're hanging out with your best friend not somebody you necessarily want to jump So I think most of the listeners know you better than they know me. You were a nationally syndicated talk show host. The subject, of course, was sex. You talked about it just a few minutes ago about how, you know, that was really new on the radio back then. Well, for those who don't know me, um, kink is kind of where I, I came exploding out of the closet into the world. I was on the radio and everything was kink, 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 kink. So when Sue gave me the list of topics today, I got quite excited that there is a new type of kink, Sue? Well, there is. It's blowing up TikTok. And the fact that I hadn't heard about it, but, you know, I, I was I was reading an article about uh, Jilly Cooper. I don't know if you know Jilly Cooper. She's like this British author who wrote about, you know, sex scenes with like the horsey set in the, in the UK. And she's like ancient now, but she talks about how she writes, still writes um, all these interesting sex scenes. And she's like in her late eighties. It's just hilarious. Amazing. And, and she talks about how praise kink now we do, you know, it's common to blush when you get a compliment, but what if you experience a physical response in other areas of your body? Praise kink is a growing trend for the rest of the year. And and there was a, a whole bunch of TikToks that blew up like more than almost 600 million people chimed in um, under the hashtag pray, uh, praise, compliments, affirmation and praise kink, general praise before, during and after sex. 
and that how some people get turned on. And I think it's a little bit about anchoring. And what anchoring is, is a, is basically a psychological neuro-linguistic process based. If you say, okay, um, somebody dies and then, and they touch your arm and a year later, somebody touches your arm in the same way and you feel sad. But you can also do it for positive things. You know, you get yourself up in the morning. You're like, yay, it's going to be a great day. And you squeeze your earlobe. You squeeze your earlobe later in the day when you're, you know, when all you want is chocolate and a nap. And you're like, oh, it's going to be a great day because you've anchored that emotion. Well, what happens is you can anchor the emotion of praise around sex. And it's considered right now a new kink. When you have 600 million TikTok followers, I'm like, holy shit, this is like, this is a new kink. I've never heard of this. And yes, you want to tell your lover that they're, oh, they're a good boy. And mommy thinks you're doing. I was going to go there too. Cause that's, you know, down there and do it again. Right. In a BDSM dominant submissive scene, there's a whole lot of, you know, praising going on. Good, you know, good girl, good boy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's exploding into a whole new realm then. Yes. So you want to please someone sexually and you want to praise them and lots of praise, especially as they're, you know, whether they're good, they're bad. You need to say, oh, you have done such a good job. I want you to do that again. Do but, not breathe. Go back down. Right. But we've talked about that a lot of times, you know, the whole communication back and forth, you know, communicating to your partner that you're really enjoying something that it's it's OK to say, you know, Less teeth, more lips, more, you know, more moist, <laughs> yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as opposed to just sitting there going, I'm not really enjoying this, but I don't want to say anything. So that's all part of that communication of praising and rewarding as you instruct and guide someone through your pleasure zones. And if you can really add that piece, I, you know, I had that great conversation with uh, Jeff Abrahams from uh, Promiscent who yeah. uh, said you know, I, I thought that his suggestion was brilliant. He says, you know, if you want to increase your partner's duration and you want the delay cream, you can't just add the delay cream. They'll be mortified. What you want to do is say, let's do a really fun, crazy, kinky night. I'm going to get the t- ropes and tie you up and we're going to get a blindfold and we're going to get feathers. And look, I've got this new delay cream that we're going to add and we're going to do some massage oil. And it's this whole piece. And then they go, let's keep the delay cream. Let's use that next time, right? Because once they try it, they want to do it. And I'm like, that idea. But if you say to them, let's try all this, and I'm going to praise you like crazy for what you did right, you don't even have to tell them, you know, less teeth. You have to go, when you use your lips and no teeth, I loved it. There you go. Right? And if you want to hear that conversation uh, with Jeff Abraham, uh, that is last week's episode. So one back from this one. It's Turned On with Sue and John. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, the Blast of the Radio app, and TurnedOnPodcast.com. Warm tropical breezes, magical nights, swimming topless in your own swim-up pool room. You've heard about it. You've thought about it. Now it's time to dip a toe into the truly sultry, sensuous, sexy experience that is Temptations Resorts. It's astounding. Adult only, topless, it's a magical place in the brand new resort in the Dominican Republic near Punta Cana. And I have a special deal. Put in 24 with Sue and get free ground transportation to and from the airport both ways and an incredible price just for listeners. Go to temptationexperience.com, check on Temptations Mishis, 
Put in the 24 with Sue code and your dates and you're away. You'll be transported to someplace truly magical. That's temptationexperience.com and 24 with Sue. It's time. She's Sue McGarvey. I'm John Milky, the Milkman. This is Turned On with Sue and John. We've got a question about herpes coming up, but right now, I love when we do this. Random and strange sex facts, Sue. Oh, well, I, I just I couldn't give it up. There was apparently in Ireland this week, there was a enormous bull semen heist. There is a sparks the police. <laughs> apparently it's really expensive. Bull semen is very, very expensive, depending on the quality of the mail and must be stored in these cryogenetic frozen tanks. Well, the tanks alone are five thousand dollars. Wow. And what they did was they got a bunch of bull semen because it, it, you know, because you just you just need a vial. But you're spending it's, it's called white gold. And bull semen sells for six to eight hundred dollars U.S. for a semen straw. So what they did was they they went in there and and again it's because it, I don't think it's you know like they don't have a killer bull or anything but they they obviously didn't with this white gold didn't secure it badly well enough because a batch of thirty five hundred units of bull semen was stored when it was when it's done in California it was the bull semen alone was worth fifty thousand dollars wow so this one they think is worth more than that is close to a hundred thousand pounds in in ireland so be on the lookout for big containers of bull semen speaking of semen they have discovered that the single genetic mutation in proteins involved in cell division that creates sperm called meiosis may be responsible for men's infertility so for guys who don't make swimmers they have found the protein. I know. I, I thought you'd like that because you know that was something for you know that you struggled with, and shooting blanks and and yep. what they what they're learning to a do blessing and a curse. That. By the way, for someone who wants I kids, know. it's a curse. On the other hand, someone who likes sex, kind of a blessing. I digress. Kind of a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever going to call you in for a paternity suit. So there you go. The, the, the other one, the new couples caught having sex inside driverless cars. You know this was going to happen. Yep. You know this was going to happen. Well, San Francisco has done a lot of driverless cars. There's something called cruise cars. Like, why are you calling it cruise cars? <laughs> and they research confessions from people who ride in the back seat. And everybody's calling for these driverless cars because guess what? They're getting it on. So now I'm thinking you need you need baby what you know you need the disinfecting wipes before you get into the back. Oh my god, yes. Because, you know, unlike you wouldn't think about doing that in an Uber, but I'm telling you, if you're in San Francisco and get one of these driverless cars, pull out your wipes. Forget hotels for a quickie or a rendezvous or you're stepping out of work with your coworker. You can just call for a driverless car, inexpensive trip, couple of trips around the block and boom, 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 and you're done. So that's what it is. It's become this new thing for for you know, sex in strange places. I so get there it. we are. Weird sex facts for this week. It's turned on with Sue and John. We love when you write us letters. Sue's address is as follows. Sue. Sue. At. Sex. sex with Sue. Sue.com. <laughs> I know we did it in tandem. It's good. We almost kind of got it. We, yeah, we almost did it in tandem. I fell off at the end there. Sue at sexwithsue.com. All right, a question today about herpes. Oh man, somebody somebody got herpes and they're saying, "Is my sex life over?" And the answer is no. 
no, your sex life is not over. And should, you know, I get a lot of questions about herpes. And in fairness, of all the non-curable STIs, you know, there are lots of STIs. Oh, one of those strange facts is apparently 80% of the koalas in, in Australia have some form of koala uh, chlamydia. Who knew? Um, and, it, you know, but there are, you can get chlamydia, gonorrhea, and those STIs, but they are treatable with antibiotics. Yes, there's a few rare ones that are harder to treat. And you got to take some pretty serious antibiotics, but you, so you want to make sure you know who you're sleeping with. However, it's the ones that aren't curable that you're concerned about. And I call it the 4-H club, right? Hepatitis, which you can get immunized for. HPV, which you can get immunized for. So take two of those off the table. HIV, which only happens from intercourse without a condom. So if you wrap it, you're not at risk. And herpes, which is, you know, very prevalent. And if you have, if you get regular cold sores, you're actually less likely to get genital herpes because your body already has has the infection and they're very close however one has more outbreaks wherever you first got it so i occasionally like once every couple of years will get a cold sore and have since i was a kid so right. somebody kissed me as a kid or a young person you know you know just even you know just you don't know who does it and it gets close and you get the infection and i would have been feeling sick for a couple of days and then any time you're really run down it pops out at that spot however if you get it genitally, you can have regular outbreaks. Now, it is only transmitted genitally if you feel like you're about to get an outbreak. So they say they have something called asymptomatic shedding, but the research is really inconclusive about that. And it really is if you think you're about to get it and you get that tingly before you have an outbreak or you actually have an outbreak, don't, you know, that's when you cancel all your dates. That's when you wear your granny underwear. That is not the time to have sex. If you're having regular and, you know, significant outbreaks, go on the medication. But either way, you cannot transmit it unless you're in an outbreak. So life goes on. You're completely normal, just like as if you had a cold sore. However, you just need to be aware that you cannot do anything sexual during those times. If you've got a question for Sue, bring it on. Sue at sexwithsue.com. It's Turned On with Sue and John. Thank you for your questions, and thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast with a friend. Introduce them to it. Um, the best thing to do is just send them a link to our website, turnedonpodcast.com. All of our episodes, we're up to, I think this is episode 57, something like that. So we've got quite a number of them. The topics are all there as well. And we would love to talk about some of the things you would like to hear more of. You're kind of the guiding force in all of this. So do you want to hear more about swinging? Less about swinging. More about kink? Less about kink. Let us know. Again, Sue's address is sue at sexwithsue.com. As you were saying that, I thought there's this new study this week that talked about how those Generation Z or Z, if you're in the U.S., young people between 18 and 29 want to see less sex on TV. I don't know if you right? saw that study, but man, like, what the hell? I want to get, you know, give me the smut. I am a smutty book club. I talk about sex. It never get enough. But apparently, 
if you're in your early 20s, you're like, ooh, it's too gooey. I'm right. Like, they want more character building and more conversation about the I know, relationship. Right? And- so, so obviously we are we are targeting those of us who are, you know, a little, a little, a horn dogs a little longer. In right. The tooth, I come so from the generation go. that made jokes about there was sex on TV last night and then I fell off the TV. Ha, 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 ha. Kids today, Sue. I know. Thanks for turning us on with Turned On with Sue and John. Back next week with another episode. Bye, Sue McGarvey. Bye, Sue. Mwah. Mwah.